0: Hello and welcome to Gravid Men's Conversations. At one point in my life, I tried my hands in running a digital security firm. Of course, it didn't go well. That's why I'm excited to talk to Shikal Sharma, who has been running a very successful digital security startup. I'm gonna to talk to him about how he got the idea, how he went from just a startup into a successful one, what about marketing, how is he scaling the company during this COVID times and all of that. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello Shekel, welcome to the conversation.
1: Hey Joseph, Uh, pleasure is all mine. Glad to be on Gravit Aspins and I've been a fan of the show and I'm glad that I'm getting to uh, talk here.
0: Wonderful, good. Uh, Let's start at the beginning. Please take us through how you got the idea of a security startup And how did you go about implementing? How did you validate that particular idea? And what has been your journey so far?
1: Sure. So it's been, uh, as you would imagine, it's been very eventful journey with uh, possibly every possible mistake uh, made on the way, is what I always say. But then every other week after I say this, I may end up making another one. So it's been quite an adventurous journey. uh, it started by when I was a teenager, and uh, just like all the teenagers, uh, uh, you have to once get attracted to ethical hacking, and with the idea of being able to hack that person's Facebook or uh, playing a prank on them, all that everyone at least once does that. So that's where it started. It's just that I got kind of hung over on that, and I'm still doing that not hacking Facebooks, but on the other side of things, uh, securing businesses. So uh, 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 I started as a teenager finding uh, vulnerabilities in websites just for curiosity, just to understand that, you know, hey, how websites work, and then how you can break them. Uh, One of the first one was uh, uh, an uh, army institute in India where I reported the vulnerabilities. So from day one, ethics were in place, thankfully. And uh, I got a reply. uh, from uh, head of the institution who was some major general. And I was uh, about 15 or 16 back then, and that was a really big thing. And I realized that, okay, that, that was like a defining moment where I realized that, okay, this this is something that could, could become big going forward. And uh, over the next few years, I went to my university, uh, learned computer science. Uh, during my university, funded my Goa travel by, Finding vulnerability in uh, Yahoo uh, and getting rewarded in the form of bug bounty for them, and uh, along the way uh, met my co-founder Anand, who was in the university and he was like two steps ahead of me without even like hardcore saying that he's in security, but he was like a very like a crazy coder back back as a teenager also, and of course in the college too, and he was like uh, just to prank his friends. He used to uh, uh, develop these, uh, which a tool which technically would be called a remote administration tool to just, you know, uh, see what his friend is doing on his PC. But and am giving that, like, disguising that tool as a, a FIFA game to him and then, you know, kind of pranking him. So those were his summer vacation plan, uh, 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 pastimes when he told me in the university. And I was like, dude, you are outright evil that way. And then uh, turns out, like, he also, uh, did that as a prank, and then uh, when we met, we were running our blogs. Uh,
0: uh, in he he was
1: running a blog in, uh, in in technology space. I was doing something in uh, cyber security, like ethical hacking space, running a small blog. And that blog gave me a lot of idea about SEO, about actually running a small business uh, online, and how to make that first dollar online beyond bug bounties mm. so that's where i realized mm. that you know hey these two talented uh, talents can be combined and you know i could actually uh, have uh, uh, run a business and then uh, incidentally a few of our my seniors who were working in these now an ipo bound startup uh, so it's a no more a startup now and uh, in this company and he, he said that you know hey we guys are looking someone to test our security would you would you be interested and i was like wow Absolutely. So turns out that uh, they had to pay us, and in order, in order to pay us, we had to register a company. And uh, yeah, rest is history. And then when, when you register a company, uh, uh, I mean things get serious. We didn't realize that. A couple of years later, we, we realized that okay things have gotten serious. We there's no going back. So we decided uh, uh, very royally sat on university interviews or university tests in computer labs where. Uh, companies used to come for placement uh, as it's the thing in India and we used to very royally uh, hack their uh, test-taking portals and take pride in that. It's no more uh, pride-taking now. It was like just me being funny back in the college but uh, post that we uh, uh, took, like me and my co-founder Anand, like just had one goal in our last year of our university that we need to have at least uh, one year's cash which will uh, help us survive Post our university, and uh, thankfully we managed that. And uh, since then, there has been no looking back. So yeah, that's been the story.
0: How are you scaling the company, especially during this COVID time?
1: Absolutely. So uh, I think for us, scaling during COVID time has been—it's. Uh, I mean, we've been in a uh, in a like uh, blessed to be an industry where since everything was re- going remote. Overnight, and people were not optimized for security at all. But they had to do everything online going forward, so that mm. kind sort of worked for us because uh, hackers use this opportunity big time. I mean, they they targeted everything left, right, and center. I mean, there were massive attacks, like even in the areas where we were not working in, like ransomware attacks. Those were like on the big organizations, but even smaller businesses got attacked a lot. So naturally, mm-hmm. there was a quite a demand of cybersecurity for small and medium businesses, or even little upper segment businesses. So that, I mean, we thankfully did not take a, a hit due to COVID. However, that's just one side of things. I mean, the business is just not marketing. You have to manage people. You have to have processes in place. And even if there's a demand, you have to ensure that you're able to serve it. Serve it. So mm-hmm. for from that perspective, uh, We've like personally, as founders, we've been very, very massive fans of automation internally. We, we think twice, thrice before actually hiring a person because we think that, you know, uh, if we're hiring a person, it, it legit has to be some work that an automation or a, another SaaS solution cannot do. If that's the case, mm. then we go ahead and say that, okay, let's hire someone to do it. Because in the end, human time is val- super valuable. So it's best spent doing something that automated tools and uh, uh, which cannot do. So that way, our reliance on automation, even before COVID situation, really uh, helped us ensuring that we were like set up online really well ourselves.
0: That's a fantastic one. So you laid the seeds before this came in and, and that has uh, helped you.
1: Absolutely. And right. without knowing that something like this would happen, of course.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, are you completely remote? The whole team is remote? And, and if so, how you have been thinking about it and how you have been building that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we are all remote, a 100% remote team now uh, since uh, post-COVID situation. And everyone's taken the remote thing really well. And we we were thankfully able to transition remote. Like, I mean, and of course, a few couple of hiccups initially, but that was that. From now, we've decided that we would be hundred percent remote going forward. And it has been a great experience because uh, when you're going hundred percent remote, uh, the world becomes your playground in terms of hiring. Mm. We were we before mm. even going remote. We had made a few. Uh, 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 remote hires while we were at office but then again back then we found that as a challenge because there were people who were working remotely but they did not connect with the team those jokes on slack that we were talking about because just because they were not in that office but now it's an equally leveling leveled uh, playground for everyone so those like everyone's connected and for us we have to hire people earlier like we were based in delhi so in 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 there there was or, like there were always a challenge that you know X type of people are not available massively in Delhi. Each region has their expertise mm-hmm. in terms of kind of density mm-hmm. of people and what they are doing. So we used to uh, have some challenges, especially in tech side of roles. But since it went remote, uh, we realized that you know we have to capitalize this on real quick because we see, realize that the world is going to go remote. So we said like from day one said that it's going to be a remote position. I mean, we can hire someone from Bangalore, Chennai, wherever they are, tier three, four, hardly matters. Till the time they've got an internet connection, they were a potential hire. So that really helped us in, you know, building a very strong uh, technology team.
0: Okay, Uh, one of the things that I've seen, uh, there are two things that I've seen you very, very different. And one of the thing is, you won an award from Indian PM and also got a grant from a French president that's correct uh, how did that happen
1: yes so i call that our year of meeting presidents because there was the when we were getting the award from indian pm there was also a, a sri lankan president on the stage so it turned out to be three mm-hmm. in, in in the same year i mean not, not in the same year but in, in the span of four five months so very uh, i would say magical things like these I mean, I would say luck has a part to play in these things. I mean, uh, every like there would be tons of people working way harder than me, but uh, we got a little lucky too. So we were a part of this uh, 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 conference called Global Conference on Cybersecurity, where we presented uh, Astra's uh, solution and ended up winning the best startup uh, award there. And we, until very last moment, had no clue that it's it was the prime minister who's going to be giving awards. So it, it's only uh, I, I would say just the night before, like at least twelve to fourteen hours before that, we realized that prime minister is gonna go give you an award. And uh, next thing they know, they're asking for our details and documents so that they can be verified by the police and whatnot it's because we would be in the proximity zone of the PM. So pretty magical uh, an experience and uh, blessed to uh, have that and uh and for the french uh president uh we uh, we did uh we, we we applied to this uh incubator while we were in very early pre-revenue stage uh a few months out of the college we realized that you know we could use an incubator and some international exposure because uh i mean truth to be told we indians like whenever we used to price our product or do anything it it we it's every time it had, it was a uh, multiplied by 70 conversion. And we feeling that no one would pay that. So that mindset had to change. And then we realized that, you know, might as well get some sort of an international exposure because the kind of product we were offering it, 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 it wasn't bounded or it wasn't restricted to a certain geography. So we applied to uh, a number of uh, incubators. And then, uh, there was this program run by the French government called the La French ticket program. Where they were calling entrepreneurs, and uh, uh, you know, uh, if they got selected, then uh, giving them an opportunity to part of be a part of an incubator. And in, across uh, France, uh, there were a number of incubators. So we got selected. About there were fourteen, fifteen, hundred applications. We got selected, and again, we had very little clue that it was such a big program that when we like literally two days in 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 Paris and. You know, we're getting a picture click with uh, president. So that was again, uh, right place at the right time, I guess. <laughs> so got lucky.
0: How did these two events change your thinking about running a startup or running a business?
1: That's a nice question. Uh, first, first thing, like I was mentioning, international exposure is super, super. Uh, helpful was super super helpful for us because we uh I, I remember very distinctly uh we were putting like i mentioned we were in the pre, pre-revenue stage and the first uh, uh first month in paris and we were trying to put a pricing page on our website right and we we were putting a plan which starts at let's say 24 second would be double that and then third would be whatever just double of that and uh, a person who was a sealed entrepreneur part of our incubator uh, sees and asks what are you guys doing and we were like we're just trying to place a various plans and uh, he's like uh, okay so what's the range we told him that this is x and the third one is you know 4x and this guy says make the third one 10x and we were like, you don't even know what we are doing. And like, how, 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 he's saying that. He, he just, he didn't say anything after that. He just patted my back and said that, thank me later, do it. And we were like, great. So, I mean, we don't have any customers currently that would get pissed off at that or, you know, thousands and thousands of visitors coming at it, coming at our website. So let's do it. We did that. And uh, almost a month later, we see that someone bought that 10X fly. Uh, plan and we were like wow and we thought that no one's going to buy it so this mm. was a small incident but in terms of expanding your vision and the way you think about things and getting getting to know that what kind of audience exists and how to reach that audience is something that we mm. really uh learned at that point because uh, a lot of times uh you you somehow restrict yourself uh to in and around what you see and you somehow start uh, valuing your what you're bringing to the world based on what your friends would pay for it in involuntarily mm. which is very wrong because uh, uh, i mean especially if you are uh, giving them let's say 100x the value of what they are paying or even 10x the value you are paying they are happy to pay five uh, uh, you know uh, 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 you know whatever like at least the 50 percent of that value to you. So, uh, these, these, this was one of the lessons and second lesson uh, that I learned was that, uh, uh it's a, uh, in, in, when, when you are in, in us in, in Europe, one thing you realize is that, uh, uh, be it coders, be it marketers, everything. I mean, they were very highly, uh, I mean highly in demand and there was a, like a clear fight for talented people there. Right. And there was no, I mean, people were not, I mean, there was no menial stuff being done by talented folks. So that's where the idea of ensuring that everything around automation is, uh, uh automation came in our idea, uh, in our head. And another thing I remember one incident was that uh, how as a founder manage your time. This is something that I still struggle with. But this is one of the lessons that uh, again someone in, in Paris gave us. We were like uh, me and my co-founder. We were like stuck in these this this list which was about twenty odd item items, and we had to do it. And we were like, how do I do it? And this is like next three months gone, and I got a product which is not selling and what what's what the like what how to tackle this so very simple solution a guy comes like person maxim i remember his name uh amazing guy so he came and he said that okay let's sort this out for you he wrote each of those 20 25 odd items on a whiteboard and he said that okay uh, and he made both of us sit in front of that whiteboard and he says that okay let's see uh, let's get you sorted on th- these things and how you should be doing. He said that, okay, let's start from the bottom. Uh, how will this impact your business? Uh, we said that, okay, not a lot. Okay, he did not write anything against it. Then some two points later, he said that, how will this impact your business? And we said that this is super important. If we do this, it will amazing stuff would happen. He added $3 values to it. So some similarly, he just rated everything to a dollar value like 3 means maximum think otherwise it's like $1 otherwise doesn't he's like hey you've got your prioritization do like mm. 80 20 essentially 80 20 rule right just do what multiplies the value uh in terms of the time you put so that's what that was an excellent lesson to learn as a founder because you are always juggling with so many things you have to make that choice of you know saying that you know i'm not doing these five things because the other two will add 10 times more value than that. those five things. So yes, that was another lesson that uh, uh, we learned uh, uh, from the people around.
0: The other one that I differentiate you is most of the security softwares are run on uh, fear. But I've seen you very, very good at marketing. So how did you manage this marketing? Do you have other people managing the marketing? Or is it something that you learned in that incubator stuff? Tell me about that. So my idea of marketing has been
1: uh, uh, a lot of begging and a lot of borrowing. Uh, uh, So (laughs) essentially, I mean, seeing what all the people are are doing around, and one of the things that we like, we both us, both of our founders, us have been super conscious of design, branding, UI, UX. These are a few things that we deeply care about. I mean, uh, I'm like this is. Most of it, like you could call it genetic, where I could actually take out UX errors in how people are doing physically. So I really like people who focus on customer experience. So that is one thing that was just uh, deeply ingrained. Uh, one of the examples of that is like even back one of our first copy of our website, right? It it is it was something that we. I this is like an honest confession where when you start. You sometimes do have that fear, and we were kids back then. We do have that fear that, you know, hey, I'm a, whatever, a, like, my early 20s, 21, 22 years, small, young person, young brown guy, why would a, like, someone sitting in US trust me and give, you know, their transaction on uh, on, 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 do that transaction on my website? It's a nameless, you're a nameless, faceless person. That was an indeed a fear uh, when we started, and there's no running away from them. And we now really nicely own up who we are, but back then we were a little conscious of that. And uh, uh, we countered that by saying that, you know, hey, we're not going to pretend something we are not going to be, but we can at least give them a feeling say, which give, which tells them that you know, we are someone around them. So how did we do that? We said that, okay, let's see based on this first month's traffic, where we've got only let's say 5,000 hits from where are people coming? We divided that into like six, seven regions. We're like, okay, this is from where people are coming. Our first 20 signups are also from these regions. Okay. Use that data. And we said that, okay, on our website, on our homepage, uh, there's this headline before that, there are uh, below that. There are two buttons on the background. I'll display a picture of something they're familiar with and based on the region. So, uh, and this is five, year, five odd years back. So, if someone's opening from US, they see San Francisco uh, Bay Bridge. I didn't say I'm from the US, but you are seeing a San Francisco Bay Bridge. Uh, if someone's opening from France, they see an Eiffel Tower picture. Someone's op- op- opening from the Middle East, they would see a Ports Khalifa. Mumbai, uh, India was, uh, uh, what do we call it, the Marine Drive. So we realized that this beautifully worked because people, we did not say anything, but they when they chatted with us, they assumed we are in their time zone. They assumed that we are somewhere around them. And we were like, okay, this 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 is cool stuff. So we started playing a lot with these things on our website also, including uh, uh, again a little evil hack, but we realized that you know, uh, this is also a few years ago where we realized that people, I mean. Purchasing power, right? If, if someone's like got a Mac, there's a chance I would like to set that person up for my top plan. So mm. it's a fair estimation that they are working on a map, they might be a super coder or they might be some, someone who's doing a very tech heavy work for whom their website and business would be super important. Windows user, of course, this is four, five years ago, so a lot of technology has changed. So it, how we used to show pricing on a website used to be very different to Windows and Mac users. So if, You're a Windows user, you'll see it in ascending order. If you're a Mac user, you'll see it in descending order. So subconsciously, we would set you up for a price that we think you should be paying. So stuff like that is something that we, I mean, these were small, small things that I learned from the internet, like not uh, something that, that's why the borrowing and begging bit I mentioned. And we applied all these things and we realized, and seeing how these things fared and how Subconsciously, people used to take so many decisions that you didn't realize. right? And then these books came along, hooked, evil by design, all these books. Mm And I read those books overnight. And I said, okay, these are strategies we're totally going to use in our uh, thing. So uh, that uh, really helped. And another thing in terms of uh, uh, entrepreneurs who are in very tech-heavy big data, AI, uh, cybersecurity space, problems Mm -hmm. that I've seen with them is that they Try to imitate leaders in their space, being security folks, being big data. That's a problem. You, if you're selling on the internet, imitate best marketing companies what they are doing, F- imitate mm-hmm. and intercom and try to implement that in security because every security company is being that. Uh, you know, I, I can give you like five website templates that every certain size of security company is using on their website. Because it's, it's a standard procedure and they, they, they just buy that $100 template from some website and they put it in because other guys doing it. But in the end, real market leaders are these marketing companies who are selling true SaaS solutions online and without, very, without any human interaction or limited human interaction. So from day one, when we were marketing, we made it a choice to not copy any tech heavy company because we want to be the friendly security company around the block. So that's why we always copied marketing companies and helps you because no other comp, and now what has happened is that a lot of security companies have started to copy us. So kind of leading the change. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that really uh, helped us. And apart from that, one final thing I've seen with marketing is that a lot of times people do not uh, humanize their marketing, like a lot of tech people, we realize that it's marketing is always about humans, so that's why right from our website to the way we talk, we, I mean, security companies sometimes are supposed to talk in a certain way, a little being a little too serious. We try to be very friendly with people. How how we are writing an email would also be very similar to how we write to an e- friend. Our website would be full of uh, caricatures of our team members, so that people know that you know who are the people what on the other side of this thing. So. Uh, in the end, if you're selling to humans, you 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 have to. I mean, uh, uh, I understand technically, company is also an entity of its own. But in the end, it's humans who are running it and humans who are making the buying decision. So, if you humanize your marketing, it goes a really really uh, uh, long way. And of course, we've got an excellent a uh, marketing team. Uh, a number of full stack marketers who are amazing at SEO who are I mean, our marketing team also has people who are uh, CEH, right? So even uh, the kind of people we hire for marketing are people who are techies who love to market. So they exactly know Mm. security. They have done their security certification. And then we combine that with the flavor of uh, Astra's marketing strategy and it works seamlessly uh, uh, well in terms of team also. So all these are just small ideas that, stem from my, Anand's or anyone's brain, but actually the big guys like taking big, taking big decisions and actually implementing it is our amazing marketing team. So yes.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Uh, let's switch to mark uh, security for a while and then we'll talk about things around security. I see in your site that you have, you have secured large companies like Microsoft, Adobe and unlike. And I can understand they have lot to lose. They are big companies. If something were to happen to them, there's a lot that they will lose. But what about small and medium businesses? Uh, Why should they worry about digital security? Uh, Even though, let's say, for example, they are sourcing leads from the internet and maybe some bit of selling is also happening on the internet. Why should they bother about this uh, digital security?
1: Got it. So it's it's really ironical, right? Even like uh, I get this question a lot. And it's, uh, and it's really interesting that in 2021, we are still asking this question because, uh, it's, I mean, I find the answer to be so obvious that, you know, we, we've got a Microsoft, we've got a Yahoo, Adobe, all these Facebook big companies. These people have at least a few hundred people in their security team and yet they get hacked, right? Mm. They, they get security issues how many 100 like let's leave, let's leave 100 let's leave dozen let's leave let's come down to one person how many smes or how many smbs have at least one person looking at their security answer mm-hmm. would be very like it would be 0.00 something because uh, we've personally seen a lot of businesses saas companies e-commerce that we work with who have about anything between 100 to 5 to 800 people technology teams not completing, just tech teams of that size, they have zero security personnel on their board. So if, I mean, there's this huge spectrum and hackers are people like like normal people who live in this normal like world like us, right? It's so evident, like they all they need is a LinkedIn search to see what is this company doing for security. Oh, only two security people in a thousand people company. Oh, it's a, it's a, just a fifty people company, but they seem to be doing I don't know five million in revenue. Great, let's go after these. So it's a mm. a Microsoft and an Adobe they can get hacked and a little controversial, but they sometimes can get away by getting hacked also because they've got mm. uh, huge huge budgets, huge way so they can tackle that hack. They can pay fines if a GDPR is violated. They can pay fines. But hacks are more fatal for SMEs and SMBs, your 10 people company, or 50, 100 people company, you get hacked, you're done overnight. I mean, it's, it's, it comes down to that sometimes we've seen, uh, people, some coming to us saying that on their e-commerce store, someone's put a credit card hijacking malware. So, which is causing like every transaction on their store, uh, uh store being redirected to a hacker controlled payment gateway. And even customers' credit card information being redirected to cust- uh, hacker controlled servers. And because of that, there's whatever country they are in, that country's national, whatever, cybersecurity division is asking them questions, is is after them. Now they have to give answers, they have to give server logs, they have to sell what they do, they have to buy a law, email each of their customers saying that we were hacked. This is fatal mm. for them. I mean, when they come come to us, discover Astra, they are panicked. They are as if like you do whatever you do, just get me out of it. So mm. idea is to not get to that situation. Like, be, be in a, be, be, like whenever you, you like you like you do not even com, give complete money to buy a house, you just give like ten percent of a down payment. The first thing you do is get your own lock. Do not use the same lock that the guy, other guy was using. So why not with your online business right that's eventually helping you buy that real house in real world so that that i mean that shift i've definitely seen coming in the last one and a half years i mean earlier it was a lot about educating people now it is not be it any country be it developed country developing country people education level in terms of cyber security and the fact that they need to be secure from day one is something that has uh, very uh, interestingly increased in the last one, one and a half year.
0: Okay. So you talked about uh, a very nice analogy that you gave, don't use the same lock that your builder gave you, so change the lock. Uh, in that particular context, on the same lines, when should a small and medium businesses consider investing in security?
1: Great question. I mean,
0: a small and medium
1: inter- business usually... Uh, A few digital assets that they have are usually their email and second is their website Majorly when they start right and email essentially all all your antivirus companies Usually give some sort of email protection to bundle with the solution or there's an enterprise version running not more than a hundred couple of hundred dollars a year similarly for your website in a couple of hundred dollars, you could have a substantial amount of security uh protecting your website, right? Because in the end, of course, security is one of those things. I mean, I'm 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 someone who takes spending decisions, I'm someone who buys SaaS solutions. So, from a business owner's perspective, I understand their perspective too, right? That you if, if they say they go all paranoid and say that I want to be super secure, give me this DDoS protection, give me this firewall, and then add uh, I don't know, identity management solution also on top of it. You can't do that from day one and that's completely okay. Security always is a layered approach. It is, there's no one silver bullet, which will protect you against it all. I I wish there was, but there isn't. So if that's not the case, take baby steps. I mean, as your business grows, just keep that thing in mind that, you know, Hey, now we are not doing that managed VPS thing. We are running an AWS. It might be a good idea to ensure that, that that AWS is secure and do I don't know some sort of a pen test or some protection for AWS. Similarly, from day one, I would say certain amount of security should be in place. We've seen uh, at least once a month. I mean, uh, real stats. At least once a month, there is some new customer that comes on board and who says that hey, this was just a staging website that I had. It was not even live yet. How did it get infected with malware? And we're like, dude, I mean, you got a server, you update unupdated stuff. These guys just, I mean, hacker. hacker is not looking at you specifically that, Hey, Shaikh is going to launch a business. Let me target him. They've got bots running for them. They, they, they've got automated skips that all they do is just scrape internet, find vulnerable stuff and inject malware in it. So at least having uh, spending a couple of hundred dollars on your basic website, email security as a start. From day one of the business, ideally should be the best practices, practice is what I think.
0: Okay. On the same lines as the SMBs, now as an SMB, when I go into the online business, the digital business, I'm going to use some of these packages, WordPress, Magento, all of these packages. Isn't it the responsibility of these packages to be secure? Why should I spend money on security?
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, Magento's, your WordPress's, each of these CMS's definitely focus a lot on security. However, one thing that we have to acknowledge is that their code base is massive and they are open source, right? Whenever a business opens their business uh, for open, opens up their product for other businesses to contribute and monetize using their platform. A lot of interesting security implications happen to that, right? A WordPress had it been just an independent company, not open source, which of course WordPress clearly swears by the mantra of open source. But for one second, let's just say that WordPress was not open source. First, it would not have been 40% of the entire internet that it is right now. Second, there are millions and millions of plugins that that make lives of a lot of WordPress users super easy. Today, I mean, I, ask, I mean, if I ask a coder to, you know, code a web form for me, I'm sure they're going to spend a good amount of time and still they would not have their sanitizations and all those security things in place. But now a plugin in two minutes gets you ready with a contact form on your website, which is a super essential thing that every business owner optimizes for. So this happened due to the ecosystem that these CMSs, these platforms created. However, It wasn't that easy for them also to ensure that everyone who's developing for their ecosystem is developing securely, right? We are talking billions of lines of code with these ecosystem themes, plugins, all these things, right? So that's why uh, it's kind of a barter. You have a lot of things going here. there. growth is happening crazy. Security does take a backseat for these platforms. These guys also, and there is again these guys also take responsibility release a new version of wordpress every few months release patches for magento new version every few years i have seen so many people who do not apply these uh, updates mm-hmm. now platform mm-hmm. is update, doing their bit right people are not i mean they have the people also have the reason but then if i mean again that's why this balance kind of gets a little uh, haywire and uh, that's that's exactly the loophole where security where hackers come in and they say that hey, this guy. I mean I I know for a fact like so many thousands and thousands of websites we protect. I can like vouch that these guys also do not update their plugins uh, massively, and we of course send notifications and all that. But that's okay. They are at least running a firewall in the form of Astra, but not a lot of businesses do. And uh, these platforms has have democratized building websites also, which means that person who's actually building not necessarily always understands nuances of coding also, Mm. right? So that Mm. also is a factor uh, on top of it. So multi-factors combined, security sadly takes a little bit of a bump there and a backseat.
0: Okay. So if I'm a small and medium business that's running any one of this and I'm doing decent revenue, uh, it could be a CMS or it could be an e-commerce site I'm doing a decent uh, revenue how should they get started with Astra and what are the uh, handhold me let's say for example I say okay you know what I listen to this podcast I understand that the I need to take care of security really well and how, do, how should they contact you or, or Astra and how should what will be the few initial steps in securing that website
1: absolutely so it's pretty straightforward all they have to do is go to getaster.com simply uh choose a plan that they feel is right for them and at their stage and uh install our solution as an extension plugin or through our custom installer and you know get started with it that's it i mean takes under five minutes uh to get started and your website is having a firewall, which is protecting every request coming to your website and ensuring no malicious request comes in. There's a malware scanner that is ensuring that you know your code base has no malware. If, if there are any differences in files from your core CMS's uh, changes, those also are flagged. A ton of other security features, ensuring your login is protected always, all sorts of things. Right there takes five odd minutes to start, and. You are protected and way better in a way better situation than you know 90% of odd websites around the globe which are like going all vanilla without any security.
0: So pretty okay. straightforward. Most of these thanks. Uh, most of these security plugins, as I add, it has a impact on the performance. So how do you balance between these plugins, scanning, whatever that you talked about, in addition to uh not hitting the performance
1: absolutely i mean we, we, we've been very conscious of that since day one because uh like i mentioned I, I, I like first thing that we see is that you know since we are a business ourselves if would i like to use a security plugin that is affecting my seo or i like to use a security plugin which is creating a bad experience for my customers never i mean uh, why would i like to hinder a customer's experience. So that is one thing that we are super, super careful about and conscious about. So that's what we always try to, I mean, optimize for, like, right from our, like, the firewall, it creates absolutely no latency in terms of websites loading time. And when I say that, I say that with confidence because we benchmarked it multiple times with uh, 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 various solutions to ensure that there's micro, mini seconds delay that, if at all it causes nothing more than that. Malware scanner, it's 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 one of the most beautiful codes written by us uh, uh, where it is running on your server and it would not. I mean, I, just to give you a context, by example, we've got uh, we've got a lot of customers who are on shared hostings, your GoDaddy's, your BlueHosts of the world, running a few hundred. Uh, websites on one server and our malware scanners seamlessly scans their website without causing any 500 error or absolutely any s- delay in that. So it's optimized to even run on one of the most uh, tight hostings where you are like literally given MBs of bandwidth some some sometimes. So that way we've like, been super conscious of ensuring that you know there's s- security but then there's user experience, and one doesn't hinder the other. So we've been super conscious.
0: Okay. Of yep. Wonderful. And, and okay, we have talked about uh, small and medium businesses. What about individuals? How can we? Obviously, I don't have any uh, digital business to run. I don't, maybe I have a website. That's all I have. How, and But I'm doing a lot of online transactions, banking transactions i'm on ptm so on and so forth how can i keep myself secure
1: sure so this is this comes down to the fact that you have to keep your eyes and ears open because uh this i mean it's just knowing what's obvious and just trying to spot it that that comes down like it always comes down to that when it comes to personal security because a lot of times what we've seen is that like uh, these hackers or so called like the, the people who usually do some sort of a fraud they usually take advantage of the situation i mean example being we've got so many uh, news articles where you know people uh, you you post something on these websites like olx quicker and say that hey i'm going to uh, uh, i'm selling this bicycle this is an exact example example that happened with Ojoel uh, from our team so he's, he said that i'm gonna be selling set, this bicycle and we were sitting in a uber and i was telling him that let me tell you in like next five minutes you're gonna get a call and this person's gonna say that he's interested in buying and he's going to send you a request and he's like and i'm like no wait and five minutes later he gets a call he's this guy says that hey I'm interested in the cycle you're buying. I'm sending you a request. Just approve it, and my brother says close to you, he'll collect it tomorrow. And when something is too good to be true, the chances are <laughs> that's true. So, that of course the guy was trying to trick him to actually approve a money request, actually, not uh, sending uh, 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 and, and not sending Ujjal money. So these are a few things like a lot of, I'm sadly, we, uh, we, we have a whole new generation that has spent f- more than 50% of their lives without internet, without even the first bit mm-hmm. of internet, right? These people who are in that age group usually are the worst targets of these situations because this doesn't naturally come to them, right? They think that what he's doing is right. So, the and the only solution is to educate them that they're saying that you know and now there has been like a huge drive right from your sbis to pay tm everyone explicitly messages you at least once every twice uh every two three days saying that we never ask you for an otp we never ask you for your password. we never do so that kind of education is definitely uh needed and at the same time uh a little bit of street smartness uh, goes a long way uh in, in in such situations, and of course, I mean, if you're it's a personal drive, right? keep that antivirus on. Keep ensure that you know uh, you aren't installing anything. I mean, like do not like do not save that five dollars pay for that Netflix because the other cheap website you will go to for that show would install something on your browser, and you would not get to know. And then they'll be hijacking your search every time you will click Google. It will be a different search engine, pretending to be Google, which is showing ads. So, uh, I mean, I I think as our economy is growing, I I, I love how people have started to pay actually for software. And I I love that not because I create software, but because I always have, you know, like the idea that people, I mean, uh, there's so much open source that so many contributions people are doing. And if someone's like building a software, it takes a lot of effort. And if you can pay, pay. And uh, if if you can't, well, that's a different thing. I mean, again, it's an open internet and that's how it should be. So yes, sometimes paying that $4, $5 saves you uh, a lot of uh, potential uh, hacking, XYZ spam uh, costs.
0: Thanks. uh, I think think that is well said. Uh, It is better to stitch now than wait for the nine stitches that I have to do later. Absolutely. Uh, so fantastic. Uh, let's uh, switch gears into something about leadership, uh, how you have grown as a leader since you have started and what habits encourage you to do the best work that you do? Uh, definitely.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I've learned a lot by making a lot of mistakes. Uh, when it comes to people, when it comes to how things are done, being a little too crazy by, you know, saying that, you know, hey, this is I how I think it should be done. And now, if someone does a little off from that, then not uh, saying that you know, hey, this this off bit also needs to be corrected. So all those things are something that you eventually learn. And the this the one of the backbone of this entire thing is to as you uh, account, encounter these incidents or find yourself making a mistake and you realize that you're doing it very quickly turn it into a principle and ensure that that principle itself is circulated within the organization and everyone in your team Mm -hmm. is aware of that principle and it, it does not have to be just you it can be anywhere in the team anywhere any anyone in the team where they where they say that you know i mean Principles are essentially what? I mean, they're essentially things you go back to when you're stuck somewhere. And then you say that, okay, I'll read these five principles or these are five principles which guide me. These are my guiding principles. By them, what's the best decision out of these three things that I should be doing? And you'll have your answer. So whenever I've personally... uh, Made a mistake, or I've have, have, have had a eureka moment in terms of culture, in terms of doing things, in terms of leading an organization. I've always tried to, uh, you know, go all crazy and turn it into a leadership, uh, in, into a principle, and and not necessarily. And principles aren't something which are some which you can force people to uh, follow. It would never happen. You could like tell them to actually recite that like like a morning prayer every day and they would not follow but the day they start seeing you following it and this the day they Mm -hmm. start you using them using those principles as a guiding light and even talking and using those terms while everyday conversation next thing you know that everyone's using those terms and that principles like circulated really well so that has really uh helped us i mean especially in terms of how to lead a team how to build a team what people care about i mean a few things that i am super proud of like in in, in the team bit is that we we've like never never ever denied anyone's leave we i mean we, we've always seen that you know if someone is asking for a leave or is absent there would be a great reason for it and who am i to even say that you shouldn't i mean it's it's not industrial revolution now that you know i i cho- I, I get to uh, tell where my workers come if they don't feel like they don't feel like it's as simple as that and the day you start denying those leaves or going crazy they'll they i mean the world is a playground in 2021 for everyone they'll just leave you i mean they won't even say anything the next thing you know you'll get a, a noticing and hey boss i'm i'm going so in terms of people you have to treat people as people it is no more industrial revolution and ensuring that everyone's like appreciated for their work it is if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a successful launch like just today we were we launched an interesting feature for our pen test suite where we are uh, scanning an application behind the login also all on the cloud uh, uh, automatically so we launched a chrome plugin for that and i realized that you know it i mean first of all not a lot of people around the globe are doing it and we did this literally in a record time and i was thinking and i realized that wow so many like effort of so many people came uh, like became a like uh, came together to make this happen there was a designer involved there research of months and then there were a product person involved and of course developers and I appreciate it and like you know thank each one of them very like in detail for that because like not saying that hey thank yous, but saying that this pet you did is something really amazing because it truly was mm-hmm. so people I mean if someone's like giving you the their time it is the greatest gift you can get from anyone be it in personal life or professional life so just go an extra mile while appreciating and if it's there's a there's a screw up that has happened organization right anywhere you should be the first person to take charge i mean we get sometimes cus- tickets where customers angry or they're saying they're saying something which is like you know we, we 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 messed up somewhere happens to each one of us the first person to reply to that is me I, I i always take charge and i reply to that because i mean that's if it's something went wrong i possibly did not do right like, something in anticipating that something like this would happen so i think it, le- leadership is not leadership anymore, I think. It's about just being having like having a company which which feels like a group of friends trying to create a project together. It's, it's, it's come down to that. I mean, it's, it's no more you being a, a leader, leader like it would have been. So, that's what I feel.
0: That's a very good uh, one. Thanks for sharing it. Now that you talked about the principles and all of that, how often do you talk to your team, in general as well as in particular, about these principles?
1: Sure, uh, I'll be frank. Not a lot. We we do not talk a lot about them. However, we 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 the principle itself, like the principle, like one particular or whatever principle itself, is something which very regularly is. Uh, uh, Talked about while we are working, but in general, we never label it as a principle. We we would never say that you know, I mean, explicitly that hey, I'm I'm reminding you this example, being that uh, one of the things that we really go by is like keeping uh, keeping things super simple. So one of that is one of the things that we really like, and that it's a you know that principles usually are universal in nature. Now, keeping it super simple can be uh, having a complicated HR policy and or you uh changing it into a one line or it could be a five step user flow you trying to saying that hey let's keep it simple let's try to see how we can fit this in two screens so a product designer can also use it it could be a hiring decision anything i mean when usually principles are universal in nature so this is one of those things like even our product team any like develop anyone they they know that you know okay what's like what that keeping things simple is one of the things which is done here, but they have never, like, essentially been told time and again that hey, you you know now that this is our principle, this is our principle. So that's never how we usually uh, do it. And another one, uh, which we've been very shameless enough to borrow principles from our organization because, uh, uh, so one of my coll- uh, friends, another friends from college, Ojol, who joined Astra a few years ago, came from Amazon. Before that, he was at Amazon. So we, one of the principles that he really bought, br- brought from Amazon, and really championed at Astra was that uh, it's always day one. So mm. uh, he, he said that, you know, I mean, and he, he first of all, I mean, started working like it's day one himself. And I somehow got infected by that thing. And next thing you know, Anand, my co-founder, and Everyone in the team is working as as it is day one. So much so that we, one of our colleagues, were uh, was uh, uh, changing roles and uh, going uh, like leaving Astra quite recently. Uh, they had to. They wanted to work in some other industry. And we, in the like the parting note that we send them, we said that hey, it's this person's last day one, saying so. In short, <laughs> You know, it's still day one, even if it's your last day at Astra, and you'd always be asked or not. So that is something that we really uh, I, I, that 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 I think that you know principles should be uh, uh, something. They, we we actually made that mistake of actually listing down principles, saying that these are six principles we'll do. It it didn't work. We and it didn't work, leave alone with team, but our own selves. Like six months later, I was asked to remind, see what those principles are. I didn't remember, because I didn't follow those. So Mm. uh, yeah, that's how usually I think that principles are best uh, followed. And they should be reminded time and again in your work, just like all those classic stories that we've been learning, that we've been hearing since we were children, right? And our parents uh, taught them. Those were just classic stories. And And principles are like those classic stories, which we just keep on uh, uh you know telling people in not in a principally way
0: very very valid uh, point it is better to okay. practice a principle rather than a preach a principle so in that uh, sense yes very true so a uh, couple of last questions are uh, shikal what's the kindest thing somebody has done for you
1: a lot of them it's how can you ask an entrepreneur what's the kindest thing i I, it's, it's as if you're, uh, you're riding on cloud nine on a day and the next day you are in, in hell, like below (laughs) earth. So that's what the journey is like and kindest, you definitely take your, I mean, I have, uh, we've always been very shameless in asking, uh, advice, asking favors from people and have been very kind we've tried to be very kind to people who ask us and we like help them in whatever way. And one of the core reasons for that has been like very early in our journey, we had no company, nothing. Uh, one of the founders of our university is actually, so our university is NIT university and that university is backed by founders of NIT limited, which I think essentially 80% of a certain generation of India, has actually learned computers from NIT. <laughs> We've been so kind to uh, get mentorship from their founder, one of the founders, Mr. Vijay Tharani. And I remember, uh, I was like, we zero sales knowledge, Joseph, zero marketing knowledge, zero sense of how to talk to people. And these two people go to uh, that person, Mr. Tharani, and we say that, hey, we, this is what we are doing. And what is the next thing he does we said that, you know, we are going to be sick, sick, we can secure businesses, e-commerce, all that. And we had no product, nothing. And he said that, okay, let me put you in touch with CTO of Snapdeal. And we are like, wow. <laughs> and we were just in college and, uh, someone opening up their network and putting you in touch mm. with a multi multi-million dollar company which is going up like crazy back then. So it was um rage and we actually got that meeting. We went there. All those things happened. And it, 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 it I mean, definitely it would kind uh, be one of the most kindest things. And similarly, this was like, he was someone that we could approach. Then there was, I remember when I was in Paris, we, uh, I, 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 I had to, uh, Go to US for some work, so I, I had applied visa for uh, the US from Paris consulate, and uh, uh, and I am right at the uh, visa offices, like just outside it. I am waiting for my turn. Huge security, just like every consulate of US have, is there. Like it's as if it's a war zone. All crazy outside outside the US area, embassy, and I. Uh, they tell me I'm, I'm having my bag which has my laptop, all my important documents and, and I these guys tell me that hey you cannot take your bag, your laptop, anything inside and you cannot also leave it here. So you have to like do something and I cannot get a date for months together again and I have to be in the US. So I random guy, he's never met me. I, I approach him and I say that, hey man, I'm in this real big problem. He's talking to someone in his home. I think he was from. I have a picture with this person. This person was somewhere from some Southeast Asian country uh, in Asia. It definitely was an Asian. So, uh, and this person, I, I, I request him that you know, hey, can you please take this with yourself? And mind you, this is a time where Paris also had a couple of attacks or something. It a, t- a little tough time. This person does not ask me for my ID. Does not ask anything from me. And he's like, okay, I'm here's my number once you're done, I'm going to meet you here and just give me a Mm. call. And he used to work just around the block, such a kind thing. I, I, I never forgot that. And that, that was so powerful that, you know, just helping strangers whom you like, whom you've never met, whom you, they don't even, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have been, even looking that trustworthy to him, but he just helped me. So, uh, a ton of kind kind things that have happened to me uh uh and it's always paid forward i mean it's always paid forward
0: this is one thing that i hear so this question i ask almost all the uh, okay. guests and pay it forward is something that is keep coming in and that's why i like i like to ask this particular question <laughs> uh, wonderful thanks thanks for sharing that particular one final question uh, uh What's your definition of living a good life? Being content. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for that very short, simple, uh, probably you have been trained on that user experience manner. So very short and sweet answer. So very good. Uh, Shigel, you said uh, in, in our uh, interview, the greatest gift somebody can give is the time that they spend with you. And you're given about an hour with me. And uh, I'm very thankful for that and for sharing your journey, the lessons that you've learned and all of that. In fact, it's a masterclass for me on both uh, running a business and marketing and in security. So thank you very much for that, uh, Shikal.
1: Thanks a lot, Joseph. And I know you're a man of many talents and very talented person, someone who knows tech, a little bit. Marketing as well as all these things that you do. I've been keeping a tab. So very like humble to be on your show And thanks a lot for saying so many good things about me. You, you kind of made my weekend.
0: So thank you so much
1: <laughs>
0: Welcome, welcome. Uh, hey, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with uh, Shikal Please share what you liked in our conversation on social media and tag us And also, check out my executive coaching program called Gravitas Vents. Have a life of vents.